Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Welcome to the No Spin News Weekend Edition. Uh, joining us now from Cedarville, Ohio, is a guest we've had on before, a very smart guy. Dr. Glenn Dewar is a professor of international studies at Cedarville University and an expert in political science. Uh, you're on the scene. I'm not. Um, I used to teach high school, but that's a long time ago. I'm, I'm just appalled at the ignorance of these students in the, some of the finer schools, they used to be anyway, in this country. What is driving this, in your opinion? It's, it's shocking in many ways, because when we think about just the, the sheer lack of knowledge or just even desire to dig below the surface, even a little bit, just to map out what you noted uh, post-World War II or just the way that Israel was ganged up upon in 1948 and 1956 and 1967 and 1973, really, Israel has had to fight for its life and to uh, create for itself a country that can be safe. But in some ways, it's been a hollowing out of the curriculum. Uh, history is taught less. And when it is taught, there's a lot of or a real lack of ideological diversity, uh, whether in high school, but more so in college at the college and university level, just depending on the statistics, somewhere between one to three percent are ideologically conservative. Now, Certainly, there are many Democrats that uh, can be pro-Israel and have come to the fore there. But when there's just a lack of that diversity intellectually, it leads to this type of situation. Moreover, on social media, just these little snapshots that will tell a very, very brief story. Uh, and that's what's providing a lot of young people their information rather than digging deep into the books, studying encyclopedias, things of that nature. I know it's difficult to travel. It's expensive to get to Israel. But if someone is on the ground, they will see an awful lot of nuance. Just uh, you mentioned the, the wall. That wall is only 6% of the perimeter. The other 94% is a fence. And 140,000 Palestinians daily cross 
from that wall into Israel to work to feed their families. And so there's an awful lot of nuance uh, between those two two major sides. Yeah. Okay, but you know, genocide and all this, we this is the spouting of the progressive left. They're behind this. Why does the progressive left despise Israel in your opinion? A big basis of it is anti-Semitism. Uh, and another side of it is jealousy. Israel was uh, came from nothing. The desert has now bloomed. When you look at Israel and look at a number of its neighbors, uh, and I give credit to a number of those neighbors who have signed peace agreements with Israel, but it's green on one side and it's not green on the other side. Literally, the grass is greener in Israel because of what they've cultivated. Tel Aviv has become a high-tech hub. Uh, Jerusalem has become much more peaceful, uh, a great cultural place for people around the world to visit. And then there are vibrant cities elsewhere, from Haifa to Netanya. Uh, a lot of Christians, myself included, will go up to the Sea of Galilee, will look at different areas where Jesus himself walked. And it really is remarkable what the uh, state of Israel has done with tourism. And so a lot of this comes down to jealousy because the per capita income is much, much higher. And when you look at that circumstance, that's a, a part of it. But why uh, would the progressives take the side of the Palestinians slash Hamas? I mean, I don't look if you're a progressive in America, you want a huge government apparatus to run every aspect of life. You want seizure of private property to redistribute income. This is what you want. OK, so. The progressives can make an argument that we are noble because we're looking out for the poor people who want to elevate them by government power. This is what we want. But in the Middle East, it's totally different. I guess the Palestinians, they feel, are oppressed by the Israelis. But you would think that the progressives might admire what the Israelis have overcome you know, because they were, you know, you don't get more of an underdog than Jews in World War II, do you? Absolutely. It's, it's really the biggest underdog group. But since 1973, they've been certainly much more powerful. I think it flipped on that occasion. Uh, and many in Israel heartily support the free market. It is very complicated. Uh, the Netanyahu government, the conservative movement in Israel has done very, very well. And so from that perspective, there's pushback uh, in the progressive community in the United States, but there's just a lack of, of knowledge. Uh, Hamas won an election in 2006 after Israel withdrew from Gaza in 2005, and they have not held an election since. So we really don't know how the people of Gaza even feel about well, Hamas. Well, there's polling, though. Um, yes. I, I And I've been there like you have. Uh, I don't think they are uh, disenchanted with Hamas. And the reason is that from the age of three, the Palestinians are taught to hate the Jews. They're indoctrinated to hate them. You know that. Absolutely. I mean, one, one Jew plus one Jew equals two dead Jews in the, in the counting and the indoctrination of Palestinian kids. Uh, but, but even in, in spite of that, uh, you, you, draw beyond the headlines, you will see uh, antagonism against Hamas, people wanting to be free from them in Gaza. I'm not saying it's a large number, but 
Uh, there's been no elections since, since 2006. We have no way of knowing. But they could be. They could leave if they wanted to leave. I mean, it's hard, but they could do it. Now, I want to harken back to uh, the Vietnam era because it was the same kind of thing then, uh, different issue. But the uh, Jane Fondas of the world were sitting on uh, guns, telling everybody what, how great uh, Ho Chi Minh was, who was one of the most vicious tyrants the world has ever seen, Ho Chi Minh. Uh, the Viet Cong were great. Viet Cong going out, blowing up children at night. Um, and it was the same thing. Um, L, hey, hey, LBJ, how many kids did you kill today? The same thing. The level of ignorance, my school, was incredible. I was on a school newspaper <laughs> talking to these people. I didn't know anything. It's the same thing now. I know if I went to Harvard, and that's my alma mater, I went to the Kennedy School, and I gathered in five or six of these pro-Hamas people, I would destroy them in a debate. It wouldn't even be close. But they almost are smug, Professor, in their ignorance. They're smug about it. You see that? It's one of the deep challenges because uh, the progressive left is supposed to be for women's rights, for protection of women. And when we see just the sheer brutality that Hamas unleashed on October the 7th, killing over 1,200, but the, the sheer scale of kidnapping and rape and murder was just uh, astonishing. And then for that to be covered up, for it to be uh, just dismissed by so many is just really- Yeah, I they don't believe it, right. Sure. Right, they just won't believe it. I don't know. All right, doctor, thanks very much for your expertise. Always enjoy talking to you. Appreciate you helping us out. You're listening to the No Spin News Weekend Edition. Did you know every day is a perfect day for peace of mind? With American Home Shield warranty, you are covered for unexpected breakdowns like leaky faucets or faulty water heaters. Choose a plan that fits your budget and rest easy knowing repairs and replacements are taken care of. Simply contact American Home Shield when an issue arises and their trusted pros will handle it according to your coverage. Don't let worries about appliances and home systems weigh you down. Celebrate the reassurance of protection. Don't worry, be warranty. For 20% off plans, visit ahs.com slash bill. For more details, see ahs.com slash contracts for coverage details, including limit amounts, fees, limitations, and exclusions. New Jersey residents, the product is being offered is a service contract and is separate and distinct from any product or service warranty, which may be provided by the home builder or manufacturer. Who is there for the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who is helping our nation's homeless veterans? And who is helping our nation keep its vow to never forget 9-11? I'll tell you who. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The Foundations in the Line of Duty programs honor our nation's heroes and their families. That includes its Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs. The Foundations Never Forget programs engage people in 9 
9-11 remembrance across America. Over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year, dozens of golf outings and barbecues, and the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is helping to educate kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day, 9-11. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. This charity keeps its word and honors our nation's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. So joining us now from New York City is a New York City icon. His name is Curtis Sliwa, founder of the Guardian Angels. Uh, one thing you might want to know is that Sliwa never takes the hat off. He's got a special shampoo that kind of goes underneath it. Um, and he's uh, my colleague at WABC Radio, uh, the big talker in NYC. So you're out on the street all the time. What about police morale? I mean, the day-to-day -day cops, how are they seeing all of this? Well, you have a mayor who uh, was elected. In fact, I ran against him as a Republican alternative uh, who said, I will protect the cops. I was a cop myself for 22 years. And unfortunately, he's done anything but. So he's actually signed consent decrees that would limit what the cops can and cannot do in the course of a demonstration or even making a normal arrest and gave money to members of Black Lives Matter and Antifa uh, two years after a rampage through the streets of New York City in the summer of George Floyd in 2020. Who gave money so, to, wait, 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 who gave money to Black Lives Matter and Antifa? Who did that? That was just recently Eric Adams. He signed a consent court decree. Well, what does that mean, though? Does that, that mean city tax dollars go to Black Lives Matter? That is correct, to members of Black Lives Matter and members of Antifa who felt that because they were kettled in, it's called limiting your your ability to move in the course of a parade, a march, a demonstration, whatever you want to call All it. All right, so this was a lawsuit that they settled. Right, which should have been fought because it was sure. ridiculous. Right. Uh, what will happen, for example, with the lighting of the Christmas tree, which is like part of Americana, you know, featured on NBC, the whole country will be watching, a lot of children, grandchildren, and they will attempt to march into the proceeding with no permit, no right to demonstrate. And immediately the police will allow them entry. They will not block their path of entry and they will not actually execute any arrests until they actually commit a crime, which would mean to assault others who were there to watch uh, the tree being lit up when they attempt to vandalize property, pour blood on themselves and everyone else and make their point of being pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas, and anti-Israel. It is so easy for the police to limit you. You are entitled uh, to demonstrate. You're not entitled to parade. You're not entitled to be able to use amplification. But all of that has been eliminated. The cops have basically said, no mas, no mas. They've taken their nightsticks away from them, which was a perfect way for the police to basically say, you don't go any further. It doesn't mean they hit anybody. It just meant they blocked their path of entry. And so now the only access that a cop has is either to a gun. We don't want them to threaten them, to shoot them. A taser, we don't want that. Or to tackle them. And that's ridiculous. So the cops have opted their bill to say, well, we're not going to do anything. Because even if we have to 
make an arrest, they're going to turn them right loose before we finish. Yeah, the and then they're going to be any charges. So in your experience, I mean, this is your point of view, and I'm not going to challenge it because I think you're right. But the police officer who comes to work every day on their ship, have they just given up? They say, look, this city is ungovernable. The rules are, uh, that, that prohibit us from keeping order are insane. So we're going to take our paycheck, stand there, and not do much. Is that what's happening? Exactly. It's happening in the jails. It's happening in the streets. It's happening. There is no enforcement in the city of New York whatsoever. So when you see things that remind you of anarchy, understand the police are getting paid. They'll do their job. They've been trained in the academy to use proper force when necessary to make arrests, to stop individuals from doing harm to others and from vandalizing property. But the powers that be, in this case, the mayor and the police commissioner will not allow them to do their job. And the mayor, in this case, Eric Adams, must stand up for law and order, public safety and the police. And yet what he has done is capitulate to the mob. As you know, he's involved in multiple issues that affect his ability to remain mayor, FBI, Department of Justice investigation. Yeah, well, we'll let that play out. But de Blasio was worse, in my opinion, than Adams has been. So de Blasio basically ripped out the entire public safety apparatus of the city in conjunction with Albany, run by far-left zealots that passed the no-bail law. The governor signed it, first Cuomo, then Hochul. So... If I'm a police officer, and my grandfather was, I'm saying I'm outnumbered here. And even if I try to do the right thing, I'll probably get yelled at when I get back to the precinct house. But I'm, I'm still not convinced that the cops themselves have thrown, have given up. You well, say let, they let, have let, given up? Let, let's look at the smallest of crimes. Every day we're going into holiday season now, Bill. 90,000 packages being delivered by United States Postal Service, UPS, FedEx, and the biggest deliverer now, Amazon, get stolen by porch pirates. That means the moment the package is left for the recipient, somebody is following the deliverer and just picks it up, steals it. No arrest. No arrest whatsoever. So you start at the lowest level, shoplifting, boldly, brazenly, people going in, taking items, leaving almost no arrests. So when you see something of that nature, you realize that yes, the police have waved the white flag and I'll tell you why. It's the reason that most citizens are unaware of. Every civil servant, every elected official, every judge, every prosecutor is protected with qualified immunity. That means if they make a mistake, and boy, there've been some big mistakes, men incarcerated for crimes they never committed who did 25, 30 years, and yet the judges and prosecutors responsible cannot be personally sued. We get sued, the taxpayers. The only people who have been stripped of that qualified immunity are police officers. Right. So now they stand alone. They could lose their house, their pension, their savings. Yeah, because you can sue them. Everything. Right, right. And that's why they're leaving. That's an excellent point, Curtis. We really appreciate you coming on. We'll have you back. Um, hopefully this debacle will not unfold tomorrow at the uh, Rockville Center, but we're on it. And um, we'll see you on the radio. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. 
This is the No Spin News Weekend Edition. Hey guys, it's Vivek Ramaswamy here, inviting you to listen to my podcast, Truth. We just relaunched it after the campaign, and we are already riding up the podcast charts. Here's why. I think that hard, in-depth conversations about the tough issues is the only way we're going to get this country back. Because make no mistake, we are currently in a war for the future of America, and you cannot win a war unless you're willing to speak the truth. If you want standard conservative talking points, this podcast is not for you. But if you want to go deeper and hear the conversations you're not going to find anywhere else, the conversations that will challenge you, that will challenge me, then subscribe to Truth with Vivek Ramaswamy on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I promise you, you're going to cover terrain that you're not going to hear elsewhere. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Joining us now from Charlotte, North Carolina, is Paul Chesser. He is the Director of Corporate Integrity Project for the National Legal and Policy Center. They watch corporations. That's what integrity means, corporate integrity. See how they behave. So am I wrong here, Mr. Chesser? Oh, no, not at all, Bill. Uh, you know, there's a lot more to it beyond uh, the D- Disney weighing in on the side of, of that law uh, or against the law that was passed by Governor DeSantis and the legislature in Florida. They're inserting, you know, Chris Rufo, the investigative journalist, was fed information from whistleblowers inside of Disney that said exposed uh, their, their producers and directors saying they're going to intentionally insert pro-LGBT material in children's programming and children's movies. And it was not long after that, that battle, and that that stuff was revealed that we saw Lightyear, the the sequel, one, the latest sequel to the Toy Story series. They, they had created that film without any LGBT significant uh, presence. And what they did was in response to that Florida uh uh, battle, they inserted a gay kiss into that movie. And that, that really, you know, beyond, beyond the the poor quality of the film, uh, it, it bombed last summer. Um, so so it's, it's Disney not only weighing in on, on political issues they shouldn't be involved in, which is what we're about. We're shareholders in Disney, and we, we call companies to stay out of divisive politics like uh, LGBT and and abortion and so forth. Uh, it's it's uh, Disney Disney intentionally uh, applying their social agenda, their LGBT agenda, into their programming, and um, customers there would be customers was, are, are are running away from it. That was under Chapik, who they fired. All right, that was the CEO. It wasn't there long. Uh, they fired him, uh, and now Iger is back. As I said, he's a very liberal man. He operates in Hollywood, which you don't get more left wing than that. Um, but Iger has, has kind of toned it down, right? Well, 
There's more to that story because I, Shapik was in power for the equivalent of five minutes in, 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 in the corporate world. Uh, Iger, even though he stepped away from the CEO role, he was still hovering in the background. There's articles in the Wall Street Journal at CNBC that really went into depth on this. Shapek, when the whole Florida uh, confrontation was coming down, Shapek did not want to weigh in on it. He wanted to stay out of it and and just sort of remain neutral and, and, and keep keep peace uh, until all the California employees <laughs> uh, raised hell and said, you know, you got to weigh in on this this so-called "don't say gay" uh, bill in Florida, and and he felt pressured to do so. So Shapek spoke up about it against probably his better instincts. And that was also driven by a tweet that Iger had issued from the sidelines in Disney, but still involved, saying, you know, this is wrong, this whole Florida bill. So it was really Iger that forced and pressured the uh, the Disney's involvement in that issue. If it was up to Chapek, he would have stayed out. And then, you know, sort of things sort of fell apart behind, behind the scenes. I, if you read those articles, Iger... It gets frustrated with Chapek and not giving. Uh, yeah, I mean, enough, uh, love America and so it, forth. And, yeah, they don't care about that. What they care about is what you, know. you raise indoctrination to children by inserting right. things into children's films that should not be there. So, in your opinion, can Disney make a comeback? Say, I think Bud Light is done forever. Not Anheuser Busch; yeah. they'll survive. They got other products, but Bud Light's not coming back because of the trans thing they did. Can Disney, right. when a stock drops 100 points, 105 points in a year, can they ever come back? Because people aren't gonna forget this. They're not gonna forget it. Right. That 100 point drop represents 100, that's that's 100% drop. That, that, that have the value of their stock. So what I would say is, uh, with the latest flops with the Marvels and Wish, and, you know, Marvels is somewhat, you know, put women in these superhero roles. You know, there's not a lot of fans, uh, you know, as far as how that's portrayed. One of their top characters in the Marvels, latest Marvels movie is Kamala. I mean, what does that tell you about is uh, about the about Disney's where Disney's mind is at? And then Wish, which is supposed to be a throwback, uh, you know, harken back to some of the popular songs in the previous Disney movies, popular Disney movies. They both have flopped, and it's it's the height of the Christmas season, a big big season for that. Sure. And, and and but they're not especially, from what I've heard, they're not especially injected with woke, uh, you know, ideology or or portrayals. So what I think has happened is. Disney has destroyed trust. It's yeah, just a matter oh, there's of trust. no doubt. The fans, Their credibility. The, the fans. That's right. The fans are staying away. So, they are. You know, it's hard to repair that trust, even though Disney may you know shy away from the, that more explicit content. It's going to take a while. And you know, last year or earlier this year, the shareholder meeting, we called for the re the replacement of the whole board because they they brought even though last year Disney was a you know failed as a company that stock had plummeted a year up to a year ago yeah. we we it, said you know the the board doesn't deserve to return but they, no they but you know how so. it is out there it, it is very very left-wing and they they protect each other mr chester thanks very much we really appreciate it you're listening to the no spin news weekend edition now let's get to our guest we are pleased to have congresswoman marjorie taylor green from georgia she is coming to us from Washington. She's a book out this month called M 
T-G, her initials. That makes sense. And this is the first time I've ever spoken to the congresswoman. Nice to have you here uh, in the no-spin zone. Um, all right. I got a bunch of stuff I want to ask you, and it's not a debate. I'm not going to try to convince you of anything. Donald Trump still harkens back to the 2020 election, saying it's a fraud. Okay? I have advised him that that's not a good strategy. He should be looking ahead and running on his record, not relitigating the election. Do you believe that Trump's strategy of going back to 20 is a good strategy? Well, actually, Bill, I spend a lot of time on the campaign trail with President Trump and on his behalf. And his Agenda 47, I think, is exactly the way to look forward. And I'm very impressed with it. I think it fo focuses on the American people and the issues that Americans truly care about. But when it comes to the 2020 election, I do believe there was election fraud. And I have a personal story with that. My own ex-husband uh, showed up to vote and in person, and he was told that he had already voted by absentee ballot when he had not. Um, he had to sign a waiver uh, relinquishing an absentee ballot he never requested, never voted on, and he had to do so standing in line with a line full of people that were told the very same thing. And right now there's some court cases going through Georgia that I think are very compelling um, that shows that there was uh, many absentee ballots that were replicated, and that is election fraud. So I think election integrity is so important, we should never lose sight of it. But at the same time, President Trump is doing a great job presenting Agenda 47 for the future of our country. All right. Do you know why President Trump did not appoint a special counsel to investigate the election before he left office? Do you know? I do not know. OK, I don't know why, though. That would have been the way to go. OK, second thing, Ukraine aid. So the United States is giving about $45 billion so far, NATO about $35 billion. Do you support that? I do not. And I've been one of the few members of Congress that have, have voted against the money going to Ukraine from the beginning. Um, you see, I'm unapologetically American, and I believe that I represent the American people in the United States uh, Congress. And our problems are so great here in this country. I think we should, we should be focusing at home. Also, it's important to note that Ukraine is not a NATO member nation. And that's something significant that often gets left out in these conversations about supporting Ukraine. We have sent uh, or we have approved $113 billion to go to Ukraine. That's over 10% of our defense budget. While our border is being overrun every single day, and I serve on the Homeland Committee, it's been overrun by over 10 million people, and there are now over 1.8 million gotaways in our country. We don't know where these people come from. We don't know who they are. They could be terrorists, uh, human traffickers, child sex traffickers, all kinds of criminals. And I believe these issues are so serious, and they're so serious because this is what the people in my district talk to me about, and this is what people across the country talk to me about. Right. They don't Would want you to support fund a war in Ukraine. Would you support continuing aid to Ukraine if the asylum situation is revised? That's what's being talked about in the House and the Senate now, a deal. All right. Tighten up well, asylum in return. Would you support that? 
I've been in some of these meetings, Bill. Actually, we had a conference meeting about it this morning. I do not support giving money to Ukraine. They're stealing our money. There's evidence okay. abroad there, and the Ukrainians so are you'll, being you'll rich on American taxpayer dollars. Now, I disagree with you because I know that Vladimir Putin will uh, continue his encroachment. Now, I'm sure you know this, but he's taken a big slice of Georgia, the country Georgia. He controls Belarus. If he controls Ukraine, then he's right on the border. He can put all his weaponry right aimed at uh, NATO. And then he goes into the Baltic countries that are right on his border as well. Finland just sealed its border because of the intrusion of Russians. So I submit to you, Congresswoman, mm -hmm. we would pay 100 times more in five years than we're paying now because Putin's not going to stop. The second point is, if Putin's allowed to win in Ukraine, say goodbye to Taiwan. Would the Chinese taking over Taiwan bother you? Well, let me first preface this, Bill. There's no evidence um, showing Putin saying that these things are going to happen, just as you suggested. These are the talking points that come out of Washington. Well, wait, wait. he's already foreign he, war. He's the already there, and I won't apologize for supporting our country and wanting to fix. You our don't problems. have to apologize, Congresswoman. Yes, you don't have to apologize for anything. You don't have to apologize for anything. Wait, the record is that Putin seized Crimea under Obama. We did nothing. The record is that he sliced off 20 percent of Georgia. We did nothing. He controls the entire country of Belarus. We can't do anything about that. And now if he takes over Ukraine, he's got his weapons within hundreds of miles of all European capitals. This is an evil man. If you know your history, all right, Putin is Hitler light. That's who he is. OK, I got I got a bunch of questions. Israel, do you support American dollars? going to help Israel. I have uh, I have voted to support Israel, especially with their Iron Dome, also supported their lasers. I just voted this week on two resolutions supporting Israel uh, and their right to exist. OK, so you support another that. another resolution that condemns Hamas because they are terrorists backed by Iran. However, here's our problem, Bill, and I think this is really important for people to understand. The Biden administration wants to control that war, and they want to control how Israel fights their enemy, Hamas. And I would argue Israel has been very successful thus far because Washington is not controlling them. They've been able to bomb however they want to bomb, wherever they want to bomb. They've been able to send in their troops to go after Hamas, which I completely support Israel in doing. What I am totally against is the Biden administration going in and trying to control Israel and okay. how they fight well, their you enemies. Well, you and I agree on that. Um, my congressman here is George Santos. He is a grifter. There's no doubt he is. Uh, I want to see him expelled from the House of Representatives. Do you? I'm actually not going to vote for the expel resolution, but I support your right as a voter to make changes in who represents you in Congress. Uh, the reason why I'm voting no is this comes down to campaign finance violations. And if we set the record where any member of Congress can be expelled on campaign finance violations, which I think are very bad, then we are looking at expelling a lot of members of Congress. And okay, that's really but... the truth. Another issue is, he hasn't been convicted yet in a court of law. No, and I that's think true. That should be 
what but we this is at. this is an expulsion vote, not a criminal vote. And the and I'm sure you read it. The House Ethics Committee report yeah. clearly states he took more than two hundred thousand dollars in campaign funds and used it for personal expenses. And, you know, you can't do that. OK, McCarthy. Right. I thought McCarthy did a pretty good job as Speaker of the House. I don't want the government shut down because I know that would boomerang back on the Republican Party, which I believe right now in our and I'm not an ideologue. I'm not a party guy. I'm a registered independent. But it, the way we are situated in our history of this country, the Democratic Party is heading us toward ruin. And I mean that literally ruin, whereas the Republican Party would block the ruin. So I support the Republican Party. And I believe that if McCarthy, OK, had done what Matt Gates did and what you wanted to do and not compromised on a number of issues, that the blame would have all gone on to the Republicans and it would have weakened the party. Where am I going wrong? Well, I, you might be confused, Bill. I didn't vote to oust Kevin McCarthy. I wasn't one of the eight. Actually, were, were you, did you um, vote not present or what did you vote on that? No, I, I voted to protect Kevin McCarthy. Oh, you did? I wasn't okay. one of the eight. I think you have me confused with maybe Nancy May. Thank you for thank you for correcting um, me. No, as a matter of fact, I've been attacked a lot uh, because I I did support Kevin McCarthy and I supported him all the way in the beginning. I wasn't one of the ones that voted against him. Thank back you in for January correcting me. You have you yeah. have to be compassionate though in this Christmas season because I'm very old, okay, Congresswoman. Okay. So I I should have known that. Um, final question. Well, I for think you. you got me confused. You uh, you introduced this show talking about extremists, and I was thinking Bill's got to read my book. He's definitely got to read my. Well, book. they didn't even send me the book. But what we did was <laughs> we researched your book. They didn't even send it to me. I'm not going to name the guys, but I know the guys. But anyway, okay. just so you know, um, the final thing is in the book. Whereas Nancy Pelosi tortured you. How badly do you dislike the former speaker? I'm not a fan of Nancy Pelosi. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, working under her speakership was horrible. It really was. I saw this woman force through the Biden's agenda. I saw her bring two bills to the floor that would have made abortion legal up until the day of birth. Yeah, she passed the Green New Deal and many bills, but she was particularly cruel to me. Um, and so, no, I'm not a fan. It's an not interesting part of your book. And the book, again, is MTG. You get Amazon anywhere. And we really appreciate it, Congresswoman. Thanks for taking the time. We hope we can talk again, okay? Thanks for having me, Bill. All it's right. Good to talk. Cheers. Here's the gem from the No Spin News Vault. All right. New poll conducted by Sean Cooperman Research on big tech companies. This is another thing. Hysteria over Elon Musk taking over Twitter. All right. This is 1,015 U.S. adults. Survey taken by telephone. 79% worry big tech is too much power over news and publishing. 78% feel big tech manipulates the news and publishing industries for their own gain. 77% agree with the following statement. Congress needs to rein in big tech by passing reforms. Okay. Now, one of those reforms is the Journalism Competition and Preservation Act, or JCPA. Now, this has been in play for almost a year. It's introduced by a bunch of senators, 
but it's gotten nowhere. And now I'm going to bring in a guy who took this fall who's going to explain to me all of this. Doug Schoen is a friend, uh, a political strategist on the Democrat side. He's the author of the book, America, Unite or Die, How to Save Our Democracy. He joins us now from New York City. So what is JCPA exactly? What would that do if it's ever passed? Yeah, if it's passed, Bill, and I do hope it will be, it would provide some compensation from the tech companies to the newspapers and periodical periodicals whose content they use on their sites. Put another way, if people use your content, they ought to pay for it, particularly if they're as rich as big tech. Okay, so this is just basically a compensation bill. Why hasn't it gotten up for law? McConnell doesn't like it, or why hasn't it gotten up because for law? Because of big tech's power across the board, Bill, they have systematically blocked it. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't have wide dissemination of content. It's all good, but pay people for their content in a way that's fair and equitable. Okay, I don't, I don't have any beef with that. Um, but I think most people don't care about that. They want some kind of government regulation of who's banned on social media, what is uh, taken off, what is allowed on. They want some kind of supervisory capacity by the federal government. Isn't that what your poll showed? No, I think our poll shows that they are afraid that big tech acting on their own has been an untrammeled force of, frankly, um, coercion. And as you alluded to with Elon Musk, a sense that somehow if the wrong people get in charge of a number of our outlets, it'll be bad. I frankly worry, I don't want the left or the right or anyone controlling our social media, our technology. And I sure don't want to be told by a tech company what I should or shouldn't read or what I should or shouldn't do. Yeah, but that's the way it is now. And the only body who could regulate it would be the federal government. And most conservatives don't trust the federal government. Um, and we've got, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, the Facebook guy, pumping $430 million into very selected voting precincts in the last election. You've got Twitter banning the president of the United States, Donald Trump, mm -hmm. from, its, from its forum. I would say this is out of control right now, but I don't know how you fix it. Yeah, Bill, I, I'm just suggesting that about 80% of the American people believe there is a huge problem, agree with you that it is out of control. And I'm not saying I have a fix, but I sure think just pay people for their content is a small first step in the right direction. Okay, but bottom I'm, I'm line, not disputing Bill, that. Go ahead, bottom Bill, line. You're right. Big tech is out of control. The president shouldn't be barred. I, I disagree with him on most things. We ought to hear from him, even if I disagree or you disagree. And Absolutely. I think Elon taking over uh, Twitter has got to be a step in the right direction. Because I, think it, I hope it will be, but it's so complicated because there are 6,000 tweets a second in this world. So nobody could possibly regulate them all. And a lot of those tweets defame people. They cause children uh, bullying and all of that. It is every front this out of control social media is causing harm. Every front. But who's going to wave the magic wand, Doug, 
and solve this problem when you have such an enormous flow of whatever you want to call it, information or opinion into these companies. They can't do it. I, I understand that, Bill. But the kind of common sense of centrism that you bring to bear is the kind of judgment we need rather than ideological leftists like the ones no, you There's no doubt. You but even I, and I consider myself a pretty savvy guy. You are. I don't know how I would solve this thing other than maybe designating political commentary here, social there, having stated rules that you have to follow, posted. But even if you have them posted, who's going to take them off and on? you got to hire human beings to do that. These people are rooted in Silicon Valley. That's an 80% far left play out there. Where they're going to suddenly move to Iowa? I mean, that's all of this is in play. It's just crazy what's happening in this world, not just in a country. When you have the Russian government has a Twitter account that they can use every day and Donald Trump doesn't, you know, Doug, it's out of control, don't uh, you? I, right? Of course it is. Of course it is. That's why I say it's a step in the right direction for Elon Musk to take over because hopefully we will redress the balance and allow the right back on in a way that's fair and reasonable. I hope so. Um, okay, let's get to your party, the Democratic Party. You know, Doug, your party doesn't exist anymore. You know that. It's, it's run, and, and with the help of social media and the corporate media, it's run by far-left people now. There's no Democratic Party. There's no party of the Kennedys anymore. That's gone. Am I wrong? Bill, I wish I could tell you you're wrong. You're all too right. We elected... Joe Biden and got Bernie Sanders, AOC and Bernie set policy, not those of us in the center, common sense, Clinton, Kennedy, Democrats. Did you vote for Biden? I did. I regret it now. So you wish now that you had voted for Trump? I didn't say that. But I well, yeah, it was one or the other, Doug. It was nobody else. You know, Bill, could have stayed you home, I guess. You have to exercise a franchise for every office. Bottom line, Joe Biden is not a man I could vote to reelect. I couldn't really vote for his policies. Donald Trump has done a number of things that I can't accept, but you're allowed in America to reject both sides. All right. And so that's, what, that's what that's interesting take you have, because that's what I think is going to happen to the Democrats in November. I think a lot of them are just going to stay home. They're not going to mm-hmm. run out and vote for Republicans. They're just not going to show up. And, and I'm talking specifically African-Americans and the minority communities that have bolstered the Democratic Party. They can't be going in with any enthusiasm when they're getting their butt kicked by inflation. Can they? No. The polling we show, we, we've done shows that they are discouraged and they're, they're the victims of crime. And they're the ones who the defund the police movement impacts most directly. No doubt about it. The poor in America are getting hurt badly by the Biden administration, whereas they did not get hurt, at least economically, by the Trump administration. Doug, and if the Republicans bill are able to inculcate that message of inclusiveness of minorities in support of free market capitalism, there could be a political revolution. Uh, Yeah, I'm not sure they can do that, Um, but we'll see. 
Thanks, Doug. As always, always great talking yeah, to you. Thank great you pleasure. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for listening to the No Spin News Weekend Edition. To watch the full episodes of the No Spin News, visit BillOReilly.com and sign up to become a premium or concierge member. That's BillOReilly.com. Sign